Welcome to the Moose and Spade podcast. In this short series, I'm going to be talking about homelessness, an issue which has gained a huge amount of traction over the last few months, in part because of something really quite extraordinary, which happened on Friday the 27th of March. And what happened was this. Local councils were told by central government that they they had to house all homeless people that they had to literally end rough sleeping by the end of the weekend. And they did. And this meant that the government had achieved overnight what they had failed to do for the last 10 years. So I decided to interview local leaders, movers and shakers who helped to accomplish this in Winchester. I really wanted to find out how councils worked with charities to make this happen, to solve literally overnight rough sleeping, which had increased by about 160% since 2010, according to some estimates. I wanted to find out how those, these charities and authorities were coping with the challenges of lockdown, how this related to the long-term challenges that these organisations were facing. But I also wanted to focus on the way forward for rough sleeping and for all the different areas of policy that rough sleeping is related to. I wanted to find out how we can learn from other countries and designing better systems, what the opportunities are for creating a more coherent approach to rough sleeping which delivers better outcomes. But before we get into the conversation that I had today, I want very briefly to describe why I'm doing this podcast. For a few months from February of this year, I volunteered in Nepal as part of a qualification called International Citizen Service with Rally International. Part of that qualification is the Action at Home project, which involves raising awareness of and campaigning for important issues. And here I want to justify why homelessness actually is an important issue. And my basic premise is this, that you don't have to go very far before homelessness is really about how systems are set up, whether that's housing and social housing, the benefit system, how our health and social care systems are designed, geographic inequality, the increasing precariousness of employment, to poverty. Now the first conversation I had, and I hope you find this as insightful as I did, was with a man called Trevor who works at Emmaus Winchester. Now I want to stress that after the interview was finished, Trevor felt that there was more he could add to his answers, and the clips he helpfully sent us have been edited in. So you may notice. So apologies for the variation in sound quality. But the clips that he provided us were very insightful and very interesting. And Emmaus does some really fantastic work in providing accommodation, assistance and support for homeless people. But their model is a little bit different from the other homeless charities in Winchester in a few different ways. So I began by asking Trevor about how the challenges that Emmaus faces differs from some of the other charities in Winchester as a whole. The way we work is that uh, when people come to, to stay with us, um, they uh, then 
take an active role in our social enterprise. Um, so they volunteer 40 hours a week in our shops, on our vans, in the kitchen, in our workshop um, to, um, to help run the social enterprise which, which funds the charity but it also, um, it also gives them a purpose, it gives them um, a reason to get up in the morning and something to, to fill their days and to, and to leave them sort of uh, satisfied at the end of the day that they've done a day's work. Um, and that, in, in a lot of ways, you know, that's, that's, um, that's prove, proves really helpful. In, and, you, you know, when, when people come to us, they, you can see their self-esteem build over the, you know, after, after coming here because they've, they've found that they've got some purpose in their life. Um, the, the challenge that that presents with um, coronavirus is that um, as an independent charity, we're not government funded. Um, although we do we do get um, we do get uh, money from housing benefit, but a, a large portion of our funding comes from our shops. Um, and as we've we've started a, a crowdfunding campaign um, uh, just recently, and, and as you can read on there online, um, it's uh, it's posted on our Facebook page. Um, uh, you can see, see on there online that that actually we've calculated we're. Uh, Running at a twenty-six thousand pound a month deficit, so really, we've we're 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 really trying to up the game with our with our yeah. fundraising to um, to try and meet that as much as as we can. So that that that's a really significant deficit. Yeah. Are you looking sort of, sort of for donations from the public then? Yes, absolutely. If if, if possible, um, we have we have we can we can manage for a while on 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 reserves, but that you know that that's um, that's not a long-term plan and it and it's uh you know um we're we're grateful for anything anyone else can give us to help us to help us keep going really do you think there's been enough support from from local authorities we're very grateful for the funding we've had so far especially in these uh, strained financial times uh, we've had uh, government local funding packages for our charity stores uh, and it's not that long ago that we had received grant funding for the expansion of our, our accommodation and we've also had a PPE donation from Hampshire County Council. The um, hopefully the the situation won't go on so long that we need further support. And I wondered how many residents you have here. So we currently have we cur- we're currently running at twenty eight. Um, uh, we have got we we've recently finished the project to build a, a further eight rooms, but um, and we'd we'd love to have them open. But unfortunately, at the moment, it's sort of decided that actually. Um, we're holding those those rooms aside should should the worst happen and, and someone get the virus within our community we can put them over into those rooms and hopefully stop the rest of the community getting it it's it's you know it's just trying to trying to be as savvy as we can to make sure that it doesn't go right through the whole community it must be quite a challenge for social distancing with so many residents that you have to look after so um we're we're treating the the community as a as a as a household, um, so we're not. We although we are encouraging regular hand washing. We've got um, lots of hand gel dispensers around, um, and we've we've issued them with with gloves. And we've we've just recently got face masks for when they when they go out. Um, but yes, yeah, so we're so we're not we're not saying that 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 they need to be quite as strict because we're treating them as a household. But at the same time. Um, 
we are um, we are working hard to make sure that they limit their trips to town we're organising one person to do the shopping for for multiple residents where um, all our food and stuff is being is being delivered here um, we've also taken steps to um, so a lot of our a lot of our guys are gym goers uh, one of the one of the things we like to do is is give our give our, our companions uh, uh, gym memberships if they if that's what they want to do but obviously that's not an option at the moment so we've we've uh, provided some gym equipment and stuff like that to help them uh, not need to leave leave the community is that one of the ways you're sort of you're also supporting I suppose the mental health mm, absolutely of people here. absolutely um, yeah I mean it's it's a huge part of what we do you know the the, the support staff here are um, are, are here to um, help people through their issues whatever's whatever's led them to become homeless so um, a large part of that is about helping them with their mental health working through their their past traumas and stuff like that we we have a a counselor that 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 um, is meeting with with some of our guys um to try and to try and help them work through stuff as well um but it's it's a it's a challenge for us because as i as we're we're not we're as because we're not part of the community we are maintaining a social distance from them and we're also because we don't want the the virus to go through the staff team We've we've reduced our staffing levels such, such that there's only ever one member of staff here at a time, which obviously makes life harder as well because we need to keep um, we need to make good use of technology to keep better communication with us, us as a team, not being ever being in the same room as each other, um, and uh, and you know there's a reason why we have as many support workers as we do that that we need to that that's how many are needed for this number of residents so. Um, to then have to do it uh, lone working is is a is is an increased challenge in itself. That's quite a big challenge, really, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Staff found that all right. And have them finding it. Um, it's it's working all right. Um, what we've what we've tended to do is on any given day we've got um, we've got a uh, a member of staff um, working from home and a member of staff working in in the in the project. So. Um, the, the member of staff at home can be doing a lot of the office type stuff. They can be uh, calling people, calling calling the, the companions from home to have um, more uh, in in depth conversations, uh, perhaps more in depth than you could have um, in the public spaces around the community. Um, and also, you know, any sort of clerical work that that needs doing, like checking the rotors and and, and stuff like that. Because we're still, although we've 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 got the companions working reduced hours because we just don't have enough work for them we're still trying to keep them busy each day um for, for their own for their own well-being hmm. on, on the phone i think you mentioned that you're that, that you're trying to sort of to you know even play games for example with absolutely residents. yeah absolutely the um so we've 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 provide we've provided a lot of things so um as well as the gym equipment we've 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 we've, we've got games and and things like that so that they can uh, so that they can and uh, we're helping them make sure that they've got um if 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 as we can we're we're making sure that they've got things like tablets and stuff to keep themselves occupied as well um you know as 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 best we can so hmm. yeah. so after this crisis is over are you sort of are you expecting an increase in homelessness 
think there's a very real uh, risk that the homelessness will increase as a result of the COVID crisis when you look at uh, a lot of the factors that it's causing. So um, one of the main causes of homelessness is uh, relationship breakdown, which are more likely when you're shut, shut away with someone. Um, there's also uh, the financial pressures, people potentially, um, even even the 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 20% reduction on their salary because they're on furlough could be enough to push some people over the edge. Um, there's also, you know, the, the mental health strain of, of isolation that, that can, that can be a major factor towards uh, becoming homeless. And, uh, from what I, from what I'm reading, people's alcohol consumption has, has increased, which puts strain on relationships and potentially could lead to addiction. And, and that, that can be a factor as well. They say that on average it takes um, someone seven times through rehab in order to get clean and stay clean. Really? Um, and that's purely about, I mean, uh, addiction is, is not universal across homelessness, but it is, it is quite high because um, if, it, you know, when someone becomes homeless, they may have an addiction issue that, that leads to homelessness, but once they become homeless, they can then get an addiction as a, as a way of coping so but but in any case um you know you can put the support in place you can um you can provide all the the um the therapies but if someone's not ready to to quit then it won't be successful and that's why it can take like i said seven times and it's similar with with homeless people in in general you know your um it's quite common for someone to um, to go into a homeless service, um, maybe even do well for a while, but then struggle and, and, and fail. And, and it can take, you know, um, so anyway, back to what you were, that your question. Um, the point is that it's possible that by having been housed somewhere nicer, it might motivate them to, um, to make changes um it's possible that that you know there might be increased opportunities to get to get people off the street um it's also it's also quite likely um looking at it from the other side that you know the the difficulties with the lockdown the the people that have lost salaries the people that have um had all sorts of other disruption that actually there might be an increase in homelessness from that side in terms of um, you know uh, people's deteriorating mental health from isolation people um, you know you only have to go into a supermarket to see that most trolleys have have alcohol in them these days and it's because they're on lockdown they're 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 almost certainly drinking more and that's that you know that could lead to more relationships breakdowns which leads to to homelessness Um, you know, there's 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 all sorts of factors that come with the lockdown that, that could increase homelessness. Absolutely. You want to see a bit of a worry for you, really, if you've got this £26,000 deficit in terms of what happens when lockdown ends. If you get this huge increase in homelessness and you're already, you know, in, in financial difficulties, that must be a bit concerning for you. Well, I can't speak for the whole country. But from uh, my awareness of local services, the vast majority of, of local services have probably a higher degree, if not um, 
total state funding. So in that respect, a lot of homeless um, provision is will be safe with um, with uh, the current situation. Although, you know, they're always um, they're always uh, hard pressed anyway. Um, but the, the the financial pressure is probably more so on the the small independent charities like ourselves. I suppose you mentioned the £26,000 deficit. How many months do you think you can go on for? Uh, I can't give an exact figure to that because we are... We, um, you know, it very much depends on, on, our, on our fundraising. And, you know, there is, there is you know, we've had a, a, a fairly good response to our, 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 um, our crowdfunding so far. You know, we're, we're hopeful for more, but it's, you know, it's going nicely. And there's, um, we've had... We've had uh, support from from other people within the community um but i think i think we're 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 all right we're all right for 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 a, a good while but uh, i i can't i can't but 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 basically it's, it's a challenging situation oh it's a very challenging and you're situation. and you're feeling the pressure yeah absolutely um so final question um if people want to get involved um how can they go about supporting emmaus so as i said earlier we've got a um a crowdfunding campaign going at the moment on the uh, GoFundMe uh, website, um, and uh, that's probably best found through our the Emmaus Hampshire Facebook page, um, and uh, that that's offering rewards of vouchers equal to the amount uh, donated uh, to be used when our shops reopen, um, which means obviously it's uh, it's hopefully a, a useful way for people who might want to buy from us in the future to help us through this difficult time um, but of course we can take um, if, if people would like to make uh, a direct donation they can uh, uh, contact us through our email address uh, info at emmaushampshire.org.uk or send us a check to our Winchester address that would be great. Thank you for listening to this episode. I want first to thank Trevor for agreeing to be interviewed. And as he said, for those who want to support Emmaus, I'll put various links and email addresses in the description so that you can follow up and donate. Now, I had various thoughts on this conversation. First, I was struck and shocked by the really quite significant deficit that Emmaus are running, although they have received some funding from the council, as Trevor said. But it's this funding that I wanted to focus on. Now, the changes to legislation in recent years, and particularly the Homelessness Reduction Act in 2017, put far more emphasis in a variety of ways and a variety of clauses on organisations in the VCSE sector that is, the voluntary community and social enterprise sector, like Emmaus. And really the funding that Emmaus has received reflects how these organisations have become such an integral part of the system. And I wonder what the implications of this are for the council as a whole. Now, for the past ten years, there's been some quite significant cuts to local government funding, so this will definitely be a theme in future episodes, what the financial position of the council is and how this has been affected 
by these leg legislative changes. But what I was struck by, and what I sort of realised, was that the council in this crisis are in a position where they sort of have to provide funding to Emmaus. Because if Emmaus went bankrupt, and if those homeless people were kicked out onto the street, that would just be ethically unacceptable, and it would also go against the government's everyone-in scheme. And of course it would be totally politically unacceptable for the council. And I also want to do some more investigation into the advantages and disadvantages of the increased emphasis on VCSEs in providing care to the homeless. So thanks again to Trevor, thank you for listening to this episode, and I do hope you can join me again on the Moose and Spade podcast. Thank you.